All right, how's everybody doing tonight? Come on, I don't even have to repeat that. That was pretty good. Y'all, uh, I'm telling you, does anybody else feel in the presence of God tonight? I'm telling you, that is why we gather. That is it. Uh, I don't know about y'all. I mean, y'all might come for whatever reason, but uh, thank you so much. You're wonderful. Um, I come because the presence of God is here. You know, and obviously I love hanging out with my people, right? But how many of you know church is more than a social gathering? Right? Because when we gather, the word says that he is in the midst. And it's in the midst of his presence that lives are changed forever. Do you believe that? I definitely believe that. Y'all, um, I, wanted, I wanted to take a moment and pray. And, and as everybody knows, I like to have a little bit of pad behind me. Come on, where's my friend Bob? Where's he at? There it is. You know, heaven has a pad. I believe that. It's just always constantly going. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. I do want to, I want to take a moment and pray, um, but I wanted to kind of set something up before I preach tonight. Um, we're in the middle of a series, you asked for it, and uh, what's crazy is you guys actually didn't ask for this subject, <laughs> okay? I just want to make that very clear, but it is a big deal, and I know that if we would have thought to add this to the questions or the, the list of subjects, I know for a fact that y'all would have picked it, because I know who you are, and I know, I know your lives, and and they, I know, I know. Um, I'm going to tell you what that subject is in a moment. But can I tell you something? I always know how powerful God is going to move by how much the enemy just tries to wreck me throughout the week. And I'm telling y'all, listen, I'm not even messing. I have, I have had people send me Facebook messages, like legit hate messages, telling me I don't deserve to preach on this subject and just wild stuff. And I mean, like, not just once, but multiple times. And, and I'm not even hating. That's not my purpose. I'm not trying to throw stones at anyone. But I'm telling you, God wants to do something tonight. And I'm, we haven't even started, and I'm just going to lean into it, Bob. I'm going to lean into it, brother. But I'm telling you, anytime God wants to move in, in the lives of people, Satan will always, look, look at me, he will always try to steal the thunder. He will always try and take your focus off of what God is doing. And so tonight, I want to pray and, and I, want to, I want to preach on a subject that is a hard subject. I'm not going to lie to you. But let me pray and then let's get into the word and, and let's, let's, let's hear what God wants to do tonight. Lord, we praise you. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. And that, Lord, even though sometimes things can seem so bad, that we can lean into you. And it does not change your goodness. Father, I pray that you would move in this room. Lord, let every word that comes out of my mouth come from you. God, I praise you and I thank you for what you're doing, the freedom that's about to happen. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Come on, can we give the Lord praise tonight? Y'all, tonight, many of you know, but for those of you that don't know, uh, I want to talk to you from the subject, and you didn't ask for it, but church hurt. And I kind of created a, a subtitle. You can create your own subtitle, but mine was real or myth. Real or myth. And before y'all get triggered and walk out, hold on. Just hang out for a minute. 
uh, and we're going to get into this. But I, I want to read to you from the book of Luke, chapter 10. If you brought your Bibles, please open with me real quick, um, starting in verse 25. Whether it's digital or how many of you know the Word of God can change your life? How many of you know the Word of God can change your life? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. Luke chapter 10 and verse 25, it says this. One day, everybody shout one day. An expert in the religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. This is a really important part of the, the passage. Teacher, what should I do to inherit, the, or inherit eternal life? The man answered, or Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this, and you will live. Watch this. This is so big. The man wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And I love Jesus' response. This is what I call a Jesus juke, okay? Like, totally Jesus juked the guy by telling him a parable. How many of you know the Pharisees are annoying, but I'm thankful for all the stuff that we got out of the interaction with Jesus, right? Verse 30 says this. Jesus replied with a story. The Pharisees are like, I asked you a question, dude. And he's like, going to tell him a story. It says, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. Everybody say bandits. Everybody and their mother say bandits. There we go. He was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes. So he was naked. Come on, that's embarrassing. <laughs> he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead. He was only half dead. So he's still alive. But he is half dead beside the road. Watch this. This is so important. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. And this is the, this is the portion of scripture that I want to focus on tonight. Then a despised, somebody shout the word despised. Despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt, everybody say it, compassion for him. Yeah, compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he took the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he could take care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you the next time I'm here. Come on. I don't know about y'all, but this is just so good. It's about to get really good. Now, Jesus said, now which of the three would you say was the neighbor to the man? Attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, and I can only imagine how, man, he just was like, dude, he's talking about me, isn't he? The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. 
Then Jesus said, what? Everybody say it together. Yes, now go and do the same. There are three things that I've gathered from this passage of Scripture that, that I want to highlight real quick, and then we're going to get into it. I have two points this evening. Three things, though. Watch this. The church is called to love God and love people. The church is got, called to love God and love people. Two, life can beat us up. Life can beat us up. And the third thing is this. The church is supposed to help people heal. The church is called to love God and love people. Life can beat us up. And anybody that's lived long enough to know, come on, life can beat us up. Yes, it can. And three, the church is supposed to help people heal. Two points tonight. First one is this. Is church hurt real? Is it real? And I'm telling you, listen, out of all of the topics I've ever preached, I'm not going to lie, this was probably the hardest because there's so many different perspectives. There's so many different opinions. I texted mentors. I called mentors. I did a, a Facebook survey, which probably triggered a lot of people. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Can I tell you something, though? Listen, it is imperative that if we are going to claim a theological stance on something, that we bounce our thought processes off of the Word of God. The problem is, and I want to read it like this. I, I wrote it down like this. Come on, Bob. Watch this. The Word of God has the answers to every issue we have to navigate in this life. I'm going to say that again because I want you to hear me. We, oh, the word of God. The word of God has the answers to every issue we have to navigate in this life. The problem is, though, I believe for me many times in my life, instead of going to this, I've gone to friends. I'm not saying that's wrong, but how many of you know sometimes friends could mean good, but what they say is not necessarily from God. Hear me, I'm going to balance it a little bit. But listen, if you're going to base your theological position on something that you are living your life around, it's got to be based on this, not on something somebody said. Obviously, it's a balance, okay? Listen to people. There are people in your life that care about you. But here's the question, and we're going to answer it real quick. Is church hurt real? Is it real? Some of y'all are like, yes! The answer is yes, it is real. <laughs> Some of y'all were getting a little squirmy, okay? Absolutely, it's real, right? You spend more than five minutes in a church, and you're going to experience it. I want to show you something tonight. Notice that Jesus was not bashing the church leadership in this passage. He was correcting them. Jesus wasn't bashing them. He was correcting them, right? How many of you know sometimes... Pastors make mistakes. Sometimes church leadership makes mistakes. And sometimes we need to be corrected. Listen to me. Pastors are people, y'all. I have more emotion for any, than anyone else in this room. I'm emotional too, okay? I get my feelings hurt too, okay? 
Pastors are people, and sometimes they make mistakes, and sometimes they need to be corrected. But can I tell you something? So do believers. Did you hear me? We are in this thing together, friends. And those of you that know me, you know my heart. I know that church hurt is real because I've talked to y'all. Some of y'all are here because of it. And some of y'all have come here acting like, I'll never do that again. I'll never be in that position again. And some of y'all are doing that position that you came swearing that you would never do again. Why? Because Jesus heals. Because Jesus heals. The experts in the religious law were obviously treating people wrong. Obviously. And this is why in verse 29 it says the man wanted to what? Justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, well, who's my neighbor then? Because I just want to make sure that the people that I'm being super rude to (laughs) aren't my neighbors, right? That was the purpose. And then Jesus begins telling the story of the Samaritan. Man, there are three actions involved in this story that I want to highlight. One, there's two, two sources of hurt. One, the nameless bandits. Just bandits. Beat the dude up, left him half for dead. To me, the nameless bandits could represent your family members. I don't know. Maybe they're not a part of the church, but someone has hurt you. Maybe it's a coworker. I don't know. But somebody has hurt you. So the first hurt source is the nameless bandits. The second hurt source is the priest and the temple assistant, or I like to call the youth ministry interns. <laughs> Come on. I was a youth ministry intern at one point. Come on, we make dumb choices. I'm just messing. Kind of, kind of, I'm messing. Second source of hurt is the priest and the temple assistant, church leaders. But notice what Jesus spent most of his breath focusing on. He didn't focus on who caused the hurt. He focused on how to heal the man. Did you hear me? And what I'm not saying is that we shouldn't focus on our hurt. Absolutely not. And in a moment, I'm going to give you some really cool tools as to how to heal and how to focus on our hurt in a healthy way. Jesus could have focused on, man, those bandits, they were so ridiculous, bro. They left you there naked and everything. (laughs) Naked, that's how we say it in the South, right? Jesus could have been like, dude, Stinking temple assistants. They're always making mistakes. Always. Right? But what did he focus most of his breath on? How to heal the man. I wrote it down like this. Jesus focused more on what it took to heal the man than he did who caused the hurt. Look at me. Look at me. Church hurt can affect literally everyone in the church. It does affect everyone in the church, right? You have really two different types that I want to highlight today. One, the, on one hand, you have what I call parishioner hurt. Parishioner is what you're doing right now, sitting in the seats, okay? You are a parishioner if you come to church, right? There is parishioner hurt, and it is real. It is very real. And can I, I want to look you in the face real quick. I'm sorry for anyone that's ever hurt you coming to church. I don't know if you've ever had a pastor say that to you. I'm sorry. Because I know, I know that there are people in this room that have, that have been hurt in church. And I want to tell you, I'm sorry. On the other hand, you have what we call pastor hurt. 
And I just said it a second ago. It is very real. And I don't even want to spend a lot of time on this because I don't want it to come across as self-serving. But here's the reality. Pastors aren't perfect. We make mistakes. I've made mistakes. It happens, y'all. What's important is you find a pastor who's willing to apologize for the mistakes that he's made. Did you hear me? Because the reality is, and I'm sorry, I really am sorry. I'm trying to get through this without like bawling my eyes out. But the reality is, is, is pastors are people and we struggle. We go through stuff. Uh, you, either, you either quit the ministry or you recluse from, from people or you create a green room so you don't have to spend time with people. Can I be real? And I'm not even hating on green rooms, okay? They're not even green. Did you know that? None of the green rooms are green. <laughs> Like, why do you call them green rooms? But the reality is, is a lot of times, and I'm, there's no definitive statements here because that's why church hurt is so difficult. There's no definitive statement. That's why I struggled. I'm like looking for a definition. And dude, there's no definition. There is none. I mean, the people have them. They're out there for sure. But it's, it's like, almost like playing darts. Hopefully you get it in the middle. But a lot of times, a lot of times pastors recluse because of hurt. And so they don't spend a lot of time with people because people can hurt. And they do, I'm telling you. So you have this. Listen, I wrote it down like this, and I mean it. Anytime hurt is involved, there is a chance to overreact or overreach in our response to the hurt. I'm telling you, and, and pastors do it, parishioners do it. This is what I call a churchgoer imbalance, right? This is the churchgoer imbalance, is our response is to run away from the church and isolate ourselves from the body. Can I tell you something? That's an imbalanced response, right? Even if you have to leave the church that you're at because maybe something crazy did happen. But it is an imbalanced response to isolate yourself from the body. We are called the body because look, what would happen if you chopped off your finger? What's gonna happen to your finger? Come on, somebody, it's not a trick question. It's gonna die, right? Some of us have chopped ourselves off from the body. And then you're wondering why you're struggling so bad. COVID chopped so many people out of the body. Totally demonic. Can I just be real? Totally demonic. But some of us have, have chopped ourselves off from the body. That is not a healthy response, right? Well, is that the answer? No. Right? And pastors, you know what? And, and nothing, is, nothing is black and white in this, right? But a lot of times, pastors will just quit the ministry because it hurts so bad. And isolate ourselves from the church and from, from the body. Can I tell you something? Satan's desire for your life is to isolate you from the body. Whether you are a pastor, whether you are a parishioner, it does not matter. The, the enemy's plan for your life is to isolate you and to cut you off from the body. Whew. Listen to me. The church has a huge part in our lives as believers. Look at me. We need the church. We need the church. The church needs you. Pastors. The church needs you. And I don't even know who's listening on the podcast, but the church needs you. Let me establish something real fast, and then we're going to get a little more into this, right? 
You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But you do have to be, or you do have to go to church if you want to be a disciple of the word. Did you hear me? You don't have to go to church to be a Christian, but you do if you're going to be a disciple of the word. There is zero versions. Everybody shout the word zero versions. Come on, that was pathetic. Everybody shout the word zero versions. That was better. I'll take that. There are zero versions of Christianity where the church is not important to you as a believer. Have you ever heard somebody say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian? If you want to really grow and be effective, you do. Do you believe that? Why? Because the church is God's plan A and there is no plan B. Did you hear me? The church is God's plan A and there is no plan B. Hebrews 10, 24 says this. Let us consider how to inspire each other to greater love, to righteous deeds, not forgetting. Everybody shout, not forgetting. To gather as a community as some have forgotten. Watch this. But encouraging each other, especially as the day of his return approaches. Look at me. You might hate the church, but Jesus loves it. You might hate the church, but Jesus loves the church. Ephesians 5.25 says this. For husbands, this means love your wives. Watch this. Just as what? Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Jesus loves the church. And my prayer and my heart for you is that your heart would just begin to lean into the things that he loves. What he doesn't love is your hurt. He doesn't love that. I wrote it, I wrote it down like this. Any kind of hurt still hurts. Whether, whether the church has legitimately hurt you or whether you got beat up by some nameless bandits, Jesus cares about your hurts. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that for yourself? I don't know who needs to hear this right now. It's not even in my notes. But some of y'all have no problem believing that Jesus cares about your neighbor's hurt. But do you believe he cares about your hurt? I say this all the time, and I'm going to say it again because I feel led to say it. But if you were the only person left on the planet earth, and Jesus had not died on the cross yet, he would still die for you. Why? Because he cares about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he cares about you. Come on, that was weak, y'all. Turn to your other neighbor and say, hey. Okay, y'all, okay, we're not even going to do it. We're not even going to go there. Look at me real quick. He cares about your hurt. He cares about your hurt. And any kind of hurt still hurts. Look at the Jewish dude. I have, I have a few questions for you. The Jewish dude walking. Did it hurt? When the bandits beat him up and, and left him there for dead, did it hurt him? Yes. The answer is yes. Question, do you think it hurt when the priest and the temple assistant saw him lying there half dead and crossed over to the other side of the road and left him there? Do you think it hurt him? Absolutely it hurt him, assuming he was conscious and knew it happened. <laughs> but absolutely it hurt him. I want to focus on the portion of the scripture where it talks about how God healed, or, or the, the, the Samaritan man healed. 
the, the way that the church should be represented, the way that, that pastors and leaders should represent God, it's to help people find healing, not help people find hurting. Do you believe that? If a situation in church hurt you, I want to validate you right now that your feelings are real. And I'm going to be honest with you for a moment. I'm just going to totally transparent. And honestly, I was like hesitant to even really do this. But, but I just want to be real with you guys. As a pastor, I have hurt people. And you can, you can chalk it up to immaturity or young, whatever. But I have had to call people. I've had to call people and just repent to them. And, and just apologize for the hurt that I caused. And you know what's great is a lot of people have forgiven. A lot of people have forgiven. Some haven't. And I, wanna ta- I just want to take a second real quick. Off, it's not really off script, but I, I want to take this platform to publicly apologize to anyone listening on this podcast or in this room. If I have hurt you, I am sorry. I really am. I have, I have apologized in private, but now I'm publicly apologizing. I am sorry because the truth is, is even if I didn't mean to do it, I'm sorry for hurting you. Forgive me. Because in reality, I just want you to hear this, okay? The teachers of the religious law were hurting people. And Jesus had to correct them. I wrote it down like this. The most important part of this whole story isn't who hurt the man. It is who helped the man find healing. Jesus was saying to the, expert of the, religi- or the experts in the religious law, the purpose of church leadership is not to be pompous, arrogant, non-empathetic jerks. We are called to be like the what? Despised Samaritan. And bring healing to those who are broken. So is church hurt real? Yes. Yes, it is. And I'm sorry if you've ever been hurt. This is my second point tonight. And you can come up on the keys, whoever's coming up. This. If we are hurt, we have to heal. If you are hurt tonight, whether it's by a nameless bandit or someone in church did something whether it was intentional or not intentional, whether you are hurt for whatever reason, you have to heal. Our goal as believers should should be to live our lives in pursuit of being whole and healed. Some of us have never experienced what that looks like to be whole and healed. Because maybe you got saved and then you stepped into a church and someone hurt you and you've never had the chance to really find whole this concept of being whole and healed. Our goal as believers should be to live our lives in pursuit of being whole and healed. For the sake of your family, heal. For the sake of your children, look at me, heal. For the sake of your marriages, heal. For the sake of your own life, heal. James 5.16 says this. Make this your common practice. 
confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. Come on, somebody. I want to make this statement, and I want you to hear me. It's so big. If you don't, if we don't allow ourselves to heal, we will bleed on people who did not cut us. You will bleed on people who had nothing to do with the pain. You'll bleed on your family. You'll bleed on your marriage. You'll bleed on your children. You'll bleed on your job. You'll just be there bleeding on people. And then talking about this freedom that we have in Christ. And your, your friends and your family are looking at you like, dude, you're bleeding. Heal. I, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Heal so you are not hearing what other people say through the filter of your wound. Listen to me. Whether you have experienced legitimate church hurt or we have caused our own self-pain, I don't know. The goal for every single believer in this room or can hear me on the podcast should be to heal. Find healing. If you're in church, if your church leadership has hurt you, heal. If your small group friend has hurt you, if your coworker has hurt you, if your family has hurt you, heal. If you're filling the blank with whatever it is has hurt you, look at me, heal. Heal. Why? It's for the same reason that I say it every single week pretty much. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 says this, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of what? All comfort. This is so big. He comforts us in all our trials so that what? We can comfort others. Why do you need to heal? So that you can help others heal. Why do you need to lean into Jesus even tonight and just go, I forgive that person. I forgive that pastor so that you can help others heal. I want you to hear me say this tonight. If our church hurt is not handled in a healthy way, bitterness and unforgiveness will wreak havoc in our lives. And I see it. I see it all the time, friends. I've seen it in my own life. When we refuse to forgive those that have hurt us, whether it's a pastor or a friend, whatever it is, unforgiveness and bitterness will wreak havoc. Really tonight, this is a message that is a call for healing. It's a call for healing. Do me a favor, stand to your feet real quick. And then I wanna, I wanna move into a time where we can just focus on letting the Holy Spirit move in you. How we handle the hurt that life throws at us will ultimately determine the level of peace that we experience. Did you hear me? How we handle the way that people have hurt us will ultimately decide whether you have peace in your life. We say it all the time. And if you have trouble forgiving, go back and listen to our podcast. Bob preached an incredible mes message on unforgiveness or finding forgiveness. Powerful word, brother. I never got to really honor you for that. Such a great word. So how do we heal? I wrote down a few things just real quick. Work towards forgiving those who hurt you. 
Work towards it. It's not a Disney swirl that you just, ah, I forgive. Right? Anyone that's had to forgive, you know that some days you're like, I hate this person, but I forgive them. Why? Because it's not about them. It's about you being free. Right? Work towards forgiveness. It's a big deal, y'all. Unforgiveness is like cancer to your soul. And I wrote this down. Get outside therapy. Did you hear me? Some of us men are like, I don't want to talk about my feelings. Dude, talk about your feelings. I love therapy, y'all. Therapy saved our marriage. It did. I love therapy because you can say whatever you want as long as you're not going to hurt yourself or someone else. There's no consequence. It's amazing. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I freaking hate this guy. And it doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want. And the goal is so that you what? Find healing. You're not too manly to experience therapy. Did you hear me? You are not too manly to experience therapy. Or too womanly. I don't know if that's a... Are women prideful about that? I have no idea. No, we love talking about our feels. Too much, y'all. Too much. Okay, and I put these last because... If some of y'all have experienced church hurt, I know that these will probably be the hardest. But I'm telling you, there are people in this room that you have found healing. It is possible. I wrote it down like this. Let's go have coffee. If coming to this room is too much for you every week, let's go have coffee. I would love to talk with you. Ask anyone in this room. Starbucks, they're like, dude, are you ever gonna leave? They've thrown us out before. We've got thrown out. I was with someone who got thrown out. It's seven o'clock, dude. You gotta go. And I'm like, really, bro? I would love to have coffee with you. We have designed our church. We have set up our church to where, you know, to be honest, it's not that difficult for us to have coffee with people. And I'm telling you right now, every one of our team, team members would love to have coffee with you. That's a prerequisite. (laughs) You've gotta wanna hang out with people. If you didn't know that, you know it now. I would love to have coffee. I wrote this down as the last one because honestly, I believe that this is the healthy, one of the healthiest responses. It's not better than the others, but it is very healthy. Get involved in a healthy church. Notice how I use the word healthy. With, with pastors that love you and care about you and want to walk you through the pain and, and tragedy and hardships of your life. I remember when we were in Florida, and I hope he's listening. I had a, a friend of mine went through growth track and wanted to get on the worship team. Or he, he mentioned, he came up to me and said, hey, man, I just want to let you know I, I play the bass guitar. And he's like, what? I'm never, ever, ever, ever playing on a worship team ever again. So don't even think about asking me. And I was like, well, then why would you even mention it, bro? Just keep it to yourself, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. That would be rude. <laughs> I said, challenge accepted. I looked at him in the face and said, challenge accepted. And I'm telling you, within a couple of months, just hanging out with the dude, letting him know we're different. It's not the same. You may have been hurt. 
by your past space. And dude, I listened to the guy's story and absolutely anybody would have been hurt experiencing some of the things he did. And I'm telling you, within a couple of months of just being at our church and being in a healthy leadership culture, that dude was on our worship team and he played, and this isn't even really healthy. So some of y'all worship team people. He played every week for like seven months because we didn't have another bass player. I had to go, hey dude, we have somebody else. You can take a week off. And he's like, really bro? And I'm like, dude, you, you came to me saying you didn't ever want to play again. And now you don't want to get off? Like brother, we got to give someone else a chance. Such a good dude. And he's still playing bass for the church, still. Why? Because Jesus can heal you from your hurt. Come on. Jesus can take that pain. And even if you're sitting there going, I will never, ever, 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 ever step foot in a church again. I will have coffee with you until the Lord changes your heart. Or, or he won't. I don't know. <laughs> or you don't have to. Nobody's forcing anybody to do anything. But look at me. Jesus can heal you from your pain. Do you believe that tonight? I want to read this. I'm going to read. I'm going to jump all the way down here to Psalms 34. Verse 17, it says this. Listen, this is for everyone in this room that has ever experienced any sort of pain in their life. Verse 17. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Look at me. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. How many of us have ever been crushed? Come on, I've been devastated before. And I have seen this verse come true. How do you know when the word of God is true? When you experience that truth. Because how many of you know this isn't just a history book? This isn't just fancy things that wise people wrote down. This is the living, breathing word of God. And when you allow the word of God to transform you, your life could be changed forever if you'll allow it. If you'll allow it. Do me a favor, just close your eyes all over the room. And I want to call our prayer team up. Actually, real fast, just look at me real quick. I want to make a statement. I I want you to come down for prayer because I believe so, so strongly in the power of prayer. We have literally seen miracles happen in this space right here. We've seen lives changed. We have seen depression lift in this space right here. Why is this such a big deal? Because the word says, I just read it. I'm going to try and find it again. Confess your sins one unto another so that you can live a whole and healed life. There it is right there. Pray for each other. Pray for each other. Did you hear me? So that you can live together whole and healed. It's a big deal, y'all. I saw a post the other day that said, live stream is great, but it's like a fire in the television. You can see it, but you can't feel the warmth. There's something that happens when we come to this space 
where we come together and the Holy Spirit can move in a way that you and we all can get healing, right? I wanna pray and then I wanna release y'all to come up here and get prayer. Jesus, you see the hearts. You see my friends, you see the people in this room that are struggling. And Lord, I just pray you would move in a way right now that only you can get credit. It isn't about my words. It's not about what I'm doing. Lord, this is about what you want to do right now. I just pray you would release your presence right now. Release the Spirit of God in a way that brings transformation to our souls. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for what you're about to do. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all can come down. Come